Welcome to CFO 4.0, the future of finance. The CFO role is changing rapidly, moving from cost controller to strategic visionary. And with every change comes opportunity. We are here to help you take advantage of this transition, to win at work, drive your career forwards, and lead with confidence. Join Hannah Monroe, Managing Director of ITAS, a financial transformation consultancy, as she interviews key experts to give you real-world advice and guidance on how to transform your processes, people, and data. Welcome to CFO 4.0, the future of finance. Hello and welcome to this episode of CFO 4.0. My name is Hannah Monroe, your host, and with me today is Dr. Vanessa Marcy. So Dr. Marcy is a humour and leadership expert. She's an international speaker and she is all about using um, humour to drive change. She's given over 100 presentations to global audiences of more than 30 countries. She's also worked with a number of large organisations in both private and public sectors. So it's um, ones you will know, such as LinkedIn, BPI France, the UK Department of International Trade. And she's also a guest lecturer for some top business schools, including Cambridge, um, HEC Paris, Oxford University and Toulouse Business School. So welcome on to the podcast, Vanessa. It's fantastic to have you with us. Hello. Thank you very much for your invitation. I'm thrilled to be here today. So tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you end up studying humour and leadership? I know that's very, very uh, peculiar <laughs> subject area of research. Um, but uh, it all started uh, for me when I actually studied stand-up comedy. Um, so I was very afraid of public speaking when I was uh, younger and when I started my career. And when I was living and working in London, I discovered stand-up comedy. And I thought, oh, that could be an interesting way to beat the fear. <laughs> That's a very challenging one. Most people would die rather than going on stage. It's like, hey, let's yeah. do this. I can do it. <laughs> so I, uh, I had a, a two days workshop and went straight, straight to stage. Wow. And that was the most, um, I mean, I was so scared. That was the most scary moment of my life. I thought I was going to have a stroke before getting on stage. <laughs> but the moment I delivered my routine and when the first person laughed, I, I felt such a surge of endorphin and happy feeling. Um, and I was so excited. I couldn't sleep that night. I was like, oh my God, this is the best feeling in the world. And I have never looked back since. So I've been a stand-up comedian for now like something like five years uh, and it's been uh, it, it, it's been cathartic it's been uh, healing uh, it's been wonderful to give the gift of laughter to other people and so when I was doing my uh, I studied I went back to school a few years ago and I went to Cambridge to study for an EMBA and the last uh, project was uh, a research an academic research. And I did my uh, PhD on organizational communication. And I thought, should I do something about uh, my career? And at the time, I was working in uh, marketing, communication, and business development uh, in the public sector. Uh, I thought maybe I could do something that would help my career, or rather, I would do something that I'm passionate about. 
and I always wanted to understand how we could incorporate more humor into organization. So actually, we would like to go to work because sometimes yeah. <laughs> work sucks. <laughs> Oh, I love I love that concept of bringing humor into the workplace because there's always that fear, isn't it? Because everyone has a different sense of humor. So talk to us about um, some of the, the the benefits of bringing humor into leadership and into the workplace. What, what have you seen um, in your studies? Um, oh, my God, there are so many benefits. Because Actually, all my conferences and training are backed by science. I looked at what others academic have done. Uh, and there are many benefits such as uh, fostering group cohesiveness, so team building and collaboration spirit in within your team, which is uh, enhancing collaboration and performance. Um, uh, you also have, um, it can unleash creativity. And if you work in innovation, I mean, uh, having an innovative team and employees is quite, quite <laughs> required. Uh, it can enhance collaboration, it can enhance um, communication. Um, so um, every message, whatever is it, internal message or with clients, so it helps for sales as well. So it's uh, it's it's really a useful uh, a useful tool, and it's also an underestimated asset. A lot of people are not using consciously humor, or are using the wrong type of humor, which is actually causing a toxic culture uh, in the in the company. Uh, humor is also helping so to build a positive organizational structure, uh, reducing social distance between uh, between people. So we are talking about social distancing at the moment, but actually <laughs> it can it can reduce the the, the distance between um, uh, between hierarchy and subordinates. But it's also a double-edged sword because it can actually uh, be used to overpower other people. And that's when the negative humor uh, comes in. And lots of people don't see the difference. And I believe that people don't consciously use uh, the wrong type of humor that can cause harm to others. But still, because they are not self-aware and they are not aware of the benefits and the negatives of, uh, of humor, they, uh, they they use it and they hurt other people. And that's with this the start of uh, a toxic culture. So tell us, you mentioned a couple of times there, the types of different types of humor. Talk us through what different types that people use um, in, you know, in both workplace and personal lives as well. So we often um, talk about irony and sarcasm, but uh, actually those are subtypes of humor. And those, there are like at least 20 different types of humor. Uh, I'm also a comedian, a stand-up comedian. So uh, often when I deliver uh, conferences or when I do coaching, people are like, oh, can you do a stand-up comedy? I'm like, no, I can't. And I'm like, why? Because I'm a blue comedian. I use a lot of inappropriate jokes. So this is a typical <laughs> stage for me. So, uh, you know, you deliver in a aerospatial or defense company and they're like, yeah, and I'm like, no, I'm not going nope. to talk to you about my last orgasm. That's not that good. Yeah, not, not quite what you were brought in to help with, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because you have different type of humor, but mainly what science has found is that um, there are four main types of humor. So we are all composed by those types of humor, but some are more dominant than others. So it's part of our personality. And those types of humor are 
built um, through our background and the people we are uh, we hang out with and uh, the the work environment uh, as well. For example, I don't remember my type of humor when I was younger, but when I started my career, it was in male-dominated industries. I started my career as a journalist, and I was the only woman in the newsroom. Then after, I worked in oil and gas and in a refinery. It was like we were 20 women for uh, out of 400 people. Uh, and and I worked in innovation in uh, tech. It's so many in finance, many uh, you know male-dominated industries. So my sense of humor was a way to adapt and to be included. What that means is that if a man is using an aggressive type of humor, uh, or in France we use we use a lot of uh, sexual jokes, uh, I would use the same type of humor, and I didn't even think about it. It just, uh, it just, you know, became natural. Uh, I accepted it and I used the same way because humor is a language, is a way to communicate with others. So I used the same type of humor as them. And as a result, I got well included in male-dominated environments. But as I was working in communication, in one of my jobs, uh, my, my entire team was uh, composed of women. And they didn't like my type of humor. <laughs> and one of my subordinates came to me and said, can you stop making jokes? It's not funny at all. We don't like it. We find it quite offending. And that's when I came up with the, you know, the concept of the research. It's like, oh, my God, it never occurred to me that my sense of humor could actually offend others. I always, and I think like many people, I thought, I have my, uh, my sense of humor is part of myself and I can't change it. And if you don't laugh at my jokes, you have no sense of humor. That's it. <laughs> you are not a funny person. You're, yeah, you've got no sense of humor either. Exactly. <laughs> but actually, it's much more complex than that. Uh, science has found four types of humor. So two are uh, negatives and two are positives. Okay. So why negatives? Because, uh, for example, aggressive type of humor, the one I've mentioned before, is detrimental to others because you are going to hurt the person uh, who is in front of you. Uh, the other is one which is very well known by British people, and it is self-deprecation, self-deprecating sense of humor. And why is it detrimental and negative? Because it's detrimental to yourself. You're actually putting yourself down in front of others. And the two positive ones are, one is called self-enhancing, which means you are, you are using humor to, um, to show yourself on the best, on, under the best light. Mm -hmm. you know? So uh, it's quite uh, good for your statue as a leader. And another one is affiliative. And this is like the, the, the growl of uh, the holy grail of, uh, of humor because it's, you can adapt it to any type of relationship or situations. And this is the type of humor where everybody is laughing. You are not attacking anybody. Uh, you find like a common ground and, and it's the type of humor which is gathering people and making all them laugh together. So, so that's quite challenging in that every, you said there that everyone has their own sense of humor and their own natural talent for perhaps one type. So how do you know which type of humor that you have as an oh. individual? I'm glad you ask because <laughs> <laughs> actually everything starts with self-awareness. And uh, if you are a leader, you 
probably been through a lot of different tests and quizzes and to understand what type of leader you are, what is your type of leadership, but you never did anything about your sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are lots of research about it, but uh, uh, I actually uh, made a tool because I had this, this, uh, this question a lot in my, uh, in my trainings. And so I, uh, I created a very short, um, quiz where people are asked a few questions. I think it's 10 questions. And so you understand what is your sense of humor because it starts with that. And I've also built and created a report, which is helping people to understand better how they can use it, uh, in an organization and with their teams. And it's all what, uh, leading with humor is about is actually making humor a tool, a practical tool for leaders. And that's what I'm trying to do. Because I've been there, I've been in organization, I've been, you know, miserable at work in an environment where humor was it was used to put people down and not to connect with them. So I know what it is like. And I know as well that it's it's my it might feel like daunting to uh, to use humor. So I've tried to make it very, you know, practical for leaders because I want to encourage them to use humor because the permission of levity, the permission of humor comes from the top. If you are, you know, only when you are a leader that you can set the example and use, use, use humor yourself in order to uh, uh, allow uh, the people in your team to use it as well. Absolutely. And I, I think it's it's part of the culture, isn't it? So, you know, I think what we're saying here is that humor should be part of a culture and that it, it can help foster innovate, you know, innovation and creativity if it's used in the right way. So fantastic. And, uh, actually, uh, some of the most um, uh, brilliant and successful companies in the world have a culture of uh, based on humor, such as uh, Southwest Airline. Uh, which was one of the airlines which was the most successful. And it's actually in their corporate values, there is humor. And they make room uh, in their uh, meetings and uh, in the way they lead. And and uh, um, yeah, the corporate culture is built around humor. So that's a re- and you mentioned a couple of things there about sort of different groups that you've managed to see humor and use humor differently. How do you approach like a say a new team or a new group that you're working with and how do you figure out how to use humor to help either bond them or to build a relationship with them? Well, it's very important to understand uh, the other people. So understand the audience. If you do a bit of public speaking that's quite, you know, a basic, you need to understand who you have in front of you, but it's even more relevant when you are talking about humor, because what we tend to do is to project what makes us laugh, what we find funny onto others. So uh, if you like, for example, for uh, if, if I like uh, inappropriate jokes or very aggressive jokes or uh, discriminatory sexist jokes, then I found, I, I assume that everybody else is going to find it funny as well, but it's not the case. And that is consciousness, mindfulness. You know, it's uh, about understanding others and having the intention of making other laugh and not yourself. And for that, you need to understand who is in front of you. So you, uh, either you have a full audience of your, you know, your, your colleagues. Uh, you are either in a big meeting or you are presenting in front of the of a department, and uh, so you have one thing in common with those people: the co- the corporate culture. And so 
that is something that you can use and abuse in order to make other people laugh. That's quite easy. You know, there is always something in within the value chain that you make, can make fun of. You know, could be like a, a client. Obviously, the client is not invited to the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a client, a situation, something that is not working. And it's also a way to, um, to uh, you can use humor to pass difficult message that will actually land better if it's uh, if, if you use a bit of uh, humor and levity uh, to pass the message. And you don't need to be a stand-up comedian. It can be an anecdote. It can be like a, a humorous comment. We are not here with the target of making everybody laugh. You know, it's not, they are not, you know, donate money after the gig. You know, that's not the point. The point is to make people feel good about the meeting, about you. Uh, and there is an immediate connection with people when you are using humor. It's very strong in, you know, building this immediate report. That's why it's also very useful in sales because once you use humor with someone and the person is responding, then you have built a strong relationship, a deeper relationship that uh, you would do if you're just talking normally with someone. And and I guess, because obviously a lot of our listeners are working finance and that's quite a serious team, even within a, um, in within the organization. So there, I, I think there's, a, there's a, always a little bit of fear about using humor and how it will be seen by others within both your peers and also your superiors. So tell us a little bit about the research around um, the relationships and how humor can help support it on both levels, both your subordinates, but also um, your superiors as well. Well, um, what I've done with the, the research um, uh, I worked on with Cambridge um, is that I analyzed what is the best type of humor to use in different situations, meaning with your hierarchy, with your colleagues, and with your subordinates. Because for me, you can adapt this type of humor. That's requiring a lot of self-awareness, as I mentioned, and a, a bit of work at the beginning to understand who you are and who the person are and what is your intention. But after that, it becomes natural. I mean, I realized that since I started that research, my sense of humor has changed drastically. I mean, as I mentioned, I had a very aggressive sense of humor, which was hurting the, my team, the people around me. And I changed completely. I've redone the test. And uh, now my sense of humor is affiliate, half affiliative, half self-enhancing. <laughs> <laughs> And, that's uh, a very well-designed humor. <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect sense of humor. But I'm still very aggressive on stage. Mm -hmm. So I just, you know, repurpose it. We tend to um, leave the person we are at the door of the, of the office. And it's particularly true in very serious environments such as, such as finance. But actually, who said that? Who said the standard and who say that you absolutely need to be serious at work and you would deliver less if you actually um, joke with your, uh, with your colleagues, if you actually you make, you make people smile around you or if you, you, you use a little bit of humor with your clients. It's because people tend to, uh, to be confused between a comedian and somebody using humor. I'm a comedian and I don't coach people on becoming a comedian. That's absolutely not what I do. I think there are much more successful comedians that are teaching comedians to become better comedians. That's not what I wanted to do. What I wanted is to make people understand that 
if they are humorous, if they want to connect on a deeper level with people, if they want to enhance their relationship business and the personal one, they can be humorous, they can be funny. And it's actually all the research. There is no research at all that is saying that using humor is detrimental as long as you are using the right one. And I've seen a research saying that women shouldn't uh, use humor because they are looking, uh, they, they are uh, actually um, appear less, um, de uh, decreasing their status as a leader if they use it. And actually, according to the research I've done, the only people who are judging women to be uh, less of a leader if they are using humor are other women. Really? That's so interesting, that, isn't it? That's the result of the research. And that was the most surprising thing is that we are our worst enemy. Men, they use humor. They are much more at ease using humor in every kind of situation. So they assume that women are doing the same. I actually had comments on the research saying, oh, but uh, there is a different sense of humor. We are different. Like for that, men assume that we were using, uh, we are using humor the same way as them. That's also why sometimes the jokes are, um, are inappropriate because they assume, uh, as I like to say, that a woman is a man like any other. So you can joke with a woman <laughs> like you joke with a man. You know? So what's the difference? Isn't that interesting? And, and I guess that shows some of the differences between men and women in terms of how they both perceive humour and how they approach it as well. And we're talking about differences. Is there any difference between like cultures? So obviously you, you're originally from France. So how did you find the shift working in London with the English sense of humour? Is there a noticeable difference? Actually, I'm, uh, I'm uh, currently conducting a research about international humor because I got a lot of feedback from people telling me, how can I use humor? My team is in China uh, and I'm, I'm based in the US. How can I use humor? I have like a Greek, an Italian, a British and an Indian uh, in my team. So I have a very multicultural team. How can I not offend anybody and use uh, it? Because uh, as I mentioned, there are different types of humor. So how do I know? Uh, and so that's very interesting. It's a whole other topic on its own, because as you as you you know, there are many different countries and cultures and there are many types of humor or rather the four types of humor sweet sweet best different countries and culture. So, again, it's very important to understand where you are and the same way that you are preparing for, let's say you are going to Japan for, a, for a, a meeting. You know that you have to prepare because culturally it can be a, ch a shock uh, between Europe and, uh, and Asia. So you are going to prepare to not offend anybody. In the same way, you have to prepare the way you are going to use humor because it's very different according to the culture. I mean, uh, in Asian culture, for example, you are not, uh, it, it doesn't look good to laugh in public. Ah, So if you are not aware of that, you are going to get into this meeting trying to, to make jokes and nobody's going to respond. Mm -hmm. Because that's something that you should, you should keep for, for more uh, informal meetings. Yes. So, so uh, choosing your time and place. And, exactly. And again, it, under, it comes back to that story about understanding your audience, doesn't it? Exactly. And where they come from. 
so so for those listening if they you know because this this sounds fantastic and I think all of us would like to be seen as having a good sense of humor from our teams and our colleagues and you know and our superiors but practically how would you actually approach starting to incorporate humor and what are the steps that the the list our listeners can take away to sort of go right this is my uh, this is my basic guide my, my guide for dummies on using humor in the workplace <laughs> well as i mentioned it's a first understanding um your type of humor and trying to understand the other types of humor so if you're in a small team i would start with that or even better lots of people don't have a lot of confidence especially in using humor and so i've coached a few uh, a few people who are like I am quite an introvert. I don't know how to use humor. And so I, I always tell people to start in a, in a safe circle, you know. So you start to use it with your friends, with your family, with people with like low, uh, low, um, stake, you know, lower stake. So you try first with the people that can give you a feedback on if your jokes land or not. Uh, then you start outside. I try to make people laugh around me, even people I don't know. So you are at the grocery store, try to make to make laugh the, the cashier. You know, so that's no stake, you know, no pressure. And, uh, and you build slowly confidence. And then you try it at the workplace because you know people and it's like higher stakes. So you need to be completely confident. You need to have, um, you know, uh, studied what would land. For example, I interview an engineer, so a female engineer uh, for a aerospace company, and she's leading a team of male engineers. Uh, and she told me that she actually purposely uh, researched uh, what you said, geek humor, yeah. uh, in order to make uh, her team laugh. So she has watched Bang, Big Bang Theory, because apparently like, the TV show is all about, you know, geek humor. Yeah. And she's looking on the internet for, for jokes, uh, geek jokes. And she's sending it to our team. So no need to, uh, you know, to perform. She's just sending it. And after at the, at the, when we, we could meet people, uh, at the coffee machine, she's like, Hey, did you get, uh, you know, the jokes I just sent you? What do you think? You know, and so she's, it's actually using it to spark the conversation. Do you know what? That's really interesting. So we have a very bad addiction to gifts in our organization. So that is, I think um, the team would agree with me in that I think we communicate as much in gifts as we do in words, sometimes on teams and, you know, other channels. Um, and isn't it, it's interesting that she was using humor without actually having to make a joke herself, that she she put forward something humorous to try and make a connection there. So that's that's really interesting. Are there any other ways that people can can use it without necessarily putting themselves in that spot of making a joke but uh, what you said is um is really relevant because one of my clients uh was uh well still is working in tech and most of the communication is through the slack channel Mm -hmm. and she's she she was like i i don't feel confident so i was like start with a gif as you as you mentioned and she's quite skilled at making them so she's making uh give for you know the company so about people about situation and she became quite known as the you know the humorous person on the slack and that gave her confidence to actually uh try jokes you know try saying jokes rather than just writing it you can add humor in your emails you know you can write 
you, know, you can write something humorous, a little comment at the end of uh, of an email. Uh, you can incorporate it into the brand of the company, you know, slightly through marketing. So there are many, many ways, subtle ways, without having to deliver a performance. People are mistaking. You don't have to be a stand-up comedian. Leave it that to us. <laughs> <laughs> That's a skill in itself, to be fair. You know, you really did jump in the deep end with going straight into stand-up comedy, to be fair. Yeah, I like a good challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, brilliant. So, um, so obviously, um, we're, we're getting close to, this has been fascinating to be honest. I think we could talk humor and perhaps share some very bad jokes for, for hours <laughs> on this podcast. Um, I could but, talk about it all day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure it would be appropriate to be fair to some of our audience. Um, but if, you know, so we talked about starting small, so small sort of and low risk working with your family and friends and testing it out um, but you made a really interesting point when you said knowing your audience and knowing their sense of humor how do you gauge somebody else's sense of humor you know because you can't exactly well you could I guess send them a, a link to your quiz and ask them to fill it out but how how do you judge it from somebody else's perspective well, yeah, actually, you could do it because that's what you do with like MBTI and all those tests you send to understand how your team works. So you could do that. Or uh, you could uh, actually try with different jokes and uh-huh. see what resonates the best with your team or each person differently because your team is a, uh, as a whole should, should uh, build their own sense of humor. So they are like, if you use um, value chain and situation, then you are building a team uh, sense of humor, mm-hmm. things that are going to resonate with everybody. And that's what you should aim for. But first, you need to one-to-one to understand their sense of humor. And that's going to be according to their gender and according to their culture as well. So you would know the limits, the boundary to not, you know, uh, to not cross when you are talking to those people. And then you would understand what type of humor they are resonating with. So there is one type of humor that you are going to be able to use when you're on one-to-one with that person. And then you are going to aim to build like a, a, a group sense of humor in order to foster diversity and inclusion within your team or within your organization. So it depends if you have like three people, it's easier that if you have like 500. <laughs> so, so that's why a situation uh, situational humor and the humor you know that you can find in situation uh, can be the go-to type of humor. Uh, for example, one of my clients uh, has had um, uh, an online Zoom meeting where he tried to incorporate humor. So we worked on uh, how to use to use humor in meetings, in Zoom meetings, because uh, I had lots of feedback from clients that people are disengaged now. They are they have like what I call like a, a Zoom out, you know, Zoom burnout. Mm-hmm. So they don't even put the camera on and they don't they don't participate. Uh, so he wanted to introduce a bit of humor. And uh, so he found a way very interesting. And it's not even coming from him. They were uh, making, in a way, not light fun of one of the, the team members. So he had a team of 50 people. One of the team members uh, is always wearing the same jacket, whatever <laughs> the weather. And a tweed jacket. So very yeah. gentleman farmer. And okay. they all decided one day, I think it was over Christmas, to all wear the same jacket. <laughs> So the, the same person, tweed jacket. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody, women, men, they were all wearing a tweed jacket. And the person arrived late to the Zoom meeting, so he was like going through all his paper, and suddenly he looked 
up. And so everybody wearing the same jacket and they were all poofing, you know, like laughing uh, in anticipation. And then everybody exploded laughing. You know, they were they were like crying. <laughs> it was, and it became a recurrent jokes, uh, joke as well. So now uh, every meeting they can laugh about that. Yeah. And actually, that's when the meeting was the most efficient ever. He told me that in his team, people were uh, not really collaborating and they were always referring to him to uh, um, when there was a problem. They were not solving it by themselves. And the meetings were very long, like an hour, an hour and a half and not very productive. From that moment, from the moment they did this joke, now all the meetings are like 30 minutes sharp and all the problems are solved within those 30 minutes. Wow. So it increases. So it, it comes back to the point that you made about it increases, you know, the ability to to think innovatively to solve problems and obviously productivity, because there is a piece, isn't there? When you're engaged, when you're motivated, when you're happy, you're in such a, a, a better place as an individual and as a team as well. So. Um, yeah, and I guess this is the challenge, isn't it? Is that all of us want to use more humour and to be able to sit and you know and to have great relationships, but it's that first step, isn't it? That first sort of point of actually getting up the guts, like we, how you felt when you first stepped onto that stage, um, and uh, taking that big step. So, are there any any lasting thoughts or you know any suggestions for any of our listeners that you want them to take away and have a think about, or any top tips that you can share? Well, as I mentioned, it's like understanding uh, understanding your audience first and not being afraid of making fun of themselves so yeah. i said i mentioned that self-defeating humor is uh, is detrimental but it depends your statue mm-hmm. if actually you are a leader meaning that you are leading a team so you have people under you then you can use it because okay. that is reducing the social distance nice that is so, decreasing your statue as a leader in a way that people feel comfortable saying mistakes and talking to you rather than being intimidated by your statue as a leader. Wow. And and I, I can see a whole different conversation about the types of humor to use with different individuals there. And I'm, I'm genuinely gutted. I really think we could talk about this all day. So um, very, very quickly, because I think it's a really important point there that you mentioned that. So if you're a leader, you can use self-deprecating to reduce social distance. If you're talking to a superior, what kind of humor is is OK to use? Well, you would rather prefer to have a positive one, so either affiliative or self-enhancing if you can, yeah. because it's actually you want to shine. That's your moment to shine when you are with your hierarchy. You yeah. want to be, you know, uh, in the best light ever. And so uh, you should use that type of humor in order to raise your statue as a leader. Fantastic. And I can see a lot of people going online now and Googling self-enhancing jokes. <laughs> as part of this well thank you so much Vanessa this has been genuinely fascinating and if um if our listeners want to learn more about your research about your work or maybe even to do your quiz what is the best way for them to find out more or to learn more so it's on the website leading with humor so humor european way with a with a u <laughs> leading with humor.com and then they can find uh so that the quiz which is free and with the report uh, I do coaching as well, and not only on uh, on humor, but uh, I, I try to incorporate it to uh, to lead better in a more positive way. Uh, I uh, do as well events 
where actually in an hour I uh, give like a mini conference to people so they can learn about it. And uh, I do on networking or on how to use humor in meetings, in Zoom meetings. So that could be interesting for people. I also deliver keynotes and trainings within corporations. So there are many ways of consuming the, 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 the content and understanding how to be a better leader. I write as well articles. Uh, and so, yeah, just uh, just contact me. I would be happy to uh, answer a question and do the quiz and uh, let's start a humor revolution in organizations. Absolutely. And so for those listening, I will put the links to Vanessa's profile um, some, and the the, the, uh, the website and, and um, some of the content that she mentioned. And thank you so much, Vanessa. This was absolutely fascinating. And I can, uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to take away a few tips to use with my crew as well. So thank you. Thank you. And let me know uh, how it goes. I'm always <laughs> looking for feedback on how it works. <laughs> absolutely it has worked sorry (laughs) definitely and uh, yeah my my crew will be listening and judging my jokes from now on they'll they'll give me giving me lectures I'm sure so (laughs) brilliant well thank you so much and uh, yeah to all of our listeners thank you again for listening and um, please do check out the show notes with all those links as I mentioned thank you thank you very much for the invitation